If you are listening to this episode, you might be thrilled to hear that you can watch it as well, which some people have been asking for and we have obliged and we might be doing more of it. It might be a disaster. You'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But if you check the link in the description of this episode, you can go onto YouTube and watch us talking. <laughs> A is for anything. B for baby boo. C is classy clams and clogs. D for doggy doo. T is easy. F for flange. G for gallon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Jerry. K is kooky. L for lads. R for ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for mummy. N for knock knock. Who's there? Pee pee hoo. Here go. Q R S T U for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zinc and zany. Baglioni. Zip zucchini. Zoom and zoom and zipple into the alphabet is really cool. Well, 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 Christmas. Ho, 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 and a hey, hey, hey. Happy <laughs> Christmas! <laughs> We're here! We're here. We've made it. It's yeah. the Christmas special. It's the yeah. Christmas special. What a time. Our, this is our last recording of the year, is it? Technically, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, well, yes. Yes. It <laughs> technically and non-technically. Yeah, it is in every sense the last of the year. And I think it's fair to say that after the Christmas special, we will have a few weeks off yeah. before we continue with the alphabet. We need a break. We need a yeah, break. Yeah, we work very hard. And, a, and the pay reflects that. Yeah. You know? What? The fact that... You know, the millions of pounds that we make um, reflect... How the, hard we work. ...the intensity of our workload. Right, not that, as in... We have no money because we do so little work. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> no, 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 not that way around. Not that way around. Um, it's wonderful to uh, to be here celebrating Christ. Shall we perhaps <laughs> have a little cracker? cracker? Yes. Now, don't squeeze too hard. Why? Because we don't want the fire alarms to go off. Uh, oh, I'm just doing it like this because okay. you're too far away. Okay, so on your marks, set, get set, go. go. Oh, I didn't get a single oh. one. There you go. Thank oh, you Oh, so we must put much. our little hats on. We must put our little hats on. We've got to tell our jokes as well. When we were at school, someone was once slating the jokes in Christmas crackers. Cra- <laughs> Christmas crackers, and I told her that my dad was the person who wrote all the jokes for the Christmas crackers, and she got really, really shifty. Yeah. <laughs> That's just peak... Peak jello. Well, she shouldn't have believed me. Yeah, that's true. She sounds like a fool. How have you done that so well? Is it on my head? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. Is this on me? What is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stay very still. Is this on me? Ooh. That's very good. Yes, lovely. Okay. Is it what definitely a nice on me? Selection or... of colours. Yeah, we very... all look like little sharks. Are you or dinosaurs? Are you sure it's on? <laughs> yeah, it's on. Okay, great. I wouldn't have you on. I'd love to tell you guys a joke, please. What is the best Christmas oh! present in the world? Uh, a boiled egg <laughs> <laughs> two boiled eggs a broken drum you just can't beat it uh, vintage who hides in the bakery at Christmas Santa Snowdough. Santa Flower <laughs> <laughs> Snowdow. <laughs> Snowdow Baggins. Snowdow Baggins. Uh, a mince spy. Uh, that's shit. That's actually probably, that's really the shitter end of shit. Well, let me read this for you then. <laughs> what do vampires sing on New Year's Eve? I want to suck your blood. Old Lang Fang. Old, <laughs> old Fang Sorry. Yes, oh. very good, Gina. I feel like I've got a neck brace on. <laughs> well, because you want to keep your hat on your head. <laughs> Try and we see how what happens. <laughs> yours, <laughs> yours. Guys, mine's very far forward. Yours, yours is, is very on your head. Yours is very well fixed, but Jelly and I said we're both kind of frozen. Have, in a, a, just have a jiggle. Posture. Have a jiggle. Have a jiggle. Hang on. Yeah, I think it's okay. okay. Yours is, yes. Am I safe? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're safe. safe. <laughs> okay. You shouldn't ever go Yours dancing, looks like but that you're little, safe. That little bit that's in sushi. <laughs> Which bit? Oh, yeah. The little green... Oh, oh, yeah. I know what you mean. The kind of fold of seaweed. The little green plastic um, grass. I, oh, yeah. I don't see those anymore. No, I guess they're bad for the environment. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That Bailey's has slipped right down for me. It's oh my a god, it very really has. powerful. Would you like some more? I should pause. Sponsored by Bailey's Espresso Creme for the special festive episode. Why don't I just top you up and then yeah, the option on. is there. Mm. I suppose we should say if if anyone's found this video <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that and hasn't listened It's the year 2043. <laughs> <laughs> And we need to come home. <laughs> um, but that we we this is a, a a break in the format of our usual podcasting series. Oh yeah. Usually we're going through the alphabet. We each pick a topic of the alphabet and research it and tell the other two about it. And you can find all of those episodes, just the audio mind, on everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> So, yeah, today we've got three special Christmas topics. They don't all begin with the same letter, which is Very quite of, rightly a break character. from tradition. But mm. this year, this time of year is about a different kind of tradition altogether. And that tradition is actually the birth of Christ. Which we're not even discussing. No. We've really given him a lot of airtime. He did. He got a lot at Easter. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he Temptation. does pop up a lot, actually. Yeah. Temptation and also... Urban myths. <laughs> what the Bible? Hey, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's he's had enough airtime, and this Christmas we're not talking about him. But we are talking, talking about, about Father Christmas. Christmas. Can I have my secret Santa present? Yes. <laughs> so we speaking we've all of done a secret Santa, um, and uh, obviously we don't know who the presents are from. But <laughs> what there's we, so many of us. What we do know is that each one is labelled with a, a, a letter beginning with a name, and this one says M for Marika. And the stipulation Thanks. was that it needs to relate to an or multiple episodes of the podcast oh or multiple well oh <laughs> and cheeky. also that it had to be five pounds or under yeah yeah anyone come in under budget by one penny i was a little over oh i was 50 under. <laughs> big drinking badass games oh and and so that because there's playing cards in it yeah and drinking and drinking and, and if you drink and too much what do you have badass no <laughs> a hangover a hangover oh, very good thanks Santa <laughs> and also just as a little extra something from Father Christmas are you going to take your pants off <laughs> a little extra something wait did you get another present well this is this is from Father Christmas for all of us oh but including producer Will uh, but I couldn't get them on four different tickets, so it looks like okay. they're all for me. But everyone's got a lottery ticket for episode cool. L. Oh, thanks, Father Christmas. Very, very there we go. Of him. And very we're already generous. we might be millionaires because it got called at seven thirty. Oh, so we'll have to check. Let's, we'll let check us not it. check now. No. no, we'll check at the end. It'll ruin our mood. Yeah, yeah. It's, we'll check at the end because. Um, but also, we're going to have to pick A, B, C, and D before we before we check. Who's row A? I, I think we should split equals. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should agree. I feel yeah. like that's that's our vibe. It's business smart. It's business um, savvy. This is very exciting and fun, and I'm sure me and Father Christmas will be playing this together a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, shall I? Yes, yes please. Shall we tuck in to Father Christmas? Um, spoiler alert, he's not real. <gasps> Well, we better not let any children listen to Well, this. I also was thinking about that, but I was thinking that maybe if parents were letting their children listen to this podcast, mm. they probably know that Father Christmas isn't real because they'll know all the swear words. Yeah. I'm not sure this mm. podcast is child-friendly. No, exactly. 18 plus, 16 plus, 12. What, because 12. it's so sophisticated? Yeah. Highbrow. Yeah. yeah. A lot of heavyweight cultural references. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Stuff that little ones won't get. Yeah. Okay, so, right. I'm doing Father Christmas's origin story, and and that's pretty much it. I didn't find oodles of fun facts, etc., like I normally do. Um, but I did find it very interesting. So, Santa Claus and Father Christmas aren't the same, or didn't didn't used to be. Okay. Um, so I'll start with Santa Claus, um, who is based on a saint called Saint Nicholas. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, who was born and lived in what is modern day Turkey um, around 280 AD so well that's interesting you'd, you'd expect him to come from a sort of colder 
climate. Well, this is this Santa. is Saint. This is this is Saint Nicholas. Just bear with me on this. One. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thousand seven hundred forty-one years ago, according to. Actually, I didn't check the, the Battle of Hastings <laughs> in ancient Mesopotamia. So um, Two hundred eighty odd years younger than Jesus Christo. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the translation. Thank you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Marika looked quizzical for a moment. <laughs> it's just because I'm just feeling a little discombobulated. Oh. Yes. If you hear some strange noises, I might be ralphing all over the floor. Yeah, Marika's feeling sicky. So, St. Nicholas, he was a nice guy. He gave his fortune to the poor um, and was like very hot on helping those guys, people who were sick, all that kind of stuff. People who were thick? Sick. Sick um, and uh, poorly, and then over time he became known as um, the protector of children. That was part of his saint. What sounds a little noncy to me. <laughs> oh, I mean, Father there. Christmas sounds a little noncy. Yeah, Sl- slipping down chimneys, <laughs> fiddling around in children's stockings. Yeah, he's not allowed. Hang on a minute, that's breaking and entering. Yeah. Well, or do you think it's like open invite for Father Christmas? Depends if you've sent a letter. Because the tooth fairy's technically, you know, uh, committing the same crimes. If that's what we want, I to think it's different of. because she's, she's a fairy. always there, <laughs> and she's always there. Well, we don't know the full story yet. So yeah, that's let's, true. Uh, let's that's wait true. and see. Yes, true. Back to Saint Nicholas, who's not—he's a real person. His uh, feast day is on the anniversary of his death, which is December the sixth. So it's not actually Christmas Eve. Um, and on the on the fifth, so the eve of the sixth, children would be given gifts, um, and then they'd get to open them the next day. So it was that tradition was in place for Saint Nicholas, but it was the fifth and sixth of December, um, and this was prevalent in sort of like it was Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and northern France kind of areas, um, and in the Netherlands he's called Sinterklaas, which is like got the double A at the end, very Dutch spelling. Um, and he had all the, uh, he had the long white beard. He had mm. a little red cape, um, and he wore kind of like bishopy kind of robes. Yeah, that's <laughs> gone really jaunty. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm wasted. Where is it? It's back. It's okay, back. it's back. It, I mean, it's at an angle, but it's great. <laughs> okay. If it starts to slide, I'll tell you. Please do. Heaven forbid. Um, so this is, yeah. So he's wearing red. <laughs> it just makes you look so drunk. <laughs> Post roast. Yeah. I think you're gonna have to pull it. Just where it. Oh, it's very yeah, far yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. How about that? That's yeah, nice. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, that's guys. Always got my back. During the 16th century Protestant Refor- Reformation, um, the veneration of saints was no bueno, and they didn't like that because they didn't want them to get sort of like cult-like followings. Mm. Um, so the clergy, <coughs> sorry, I've got to start sore throat, but clergy <laughs> urged um, Protestant parents to give their gifts on Christmas Eve to pull the Sinterklaas traditions into Christian stuff. Okay. <laughs> so it would bring it into the Jesus Christ story. Yeah. The big one. Yeah. Um, so that's why that's there, which is kind of crazy. What the Christmas Eve, yeah, aspect because yeah. that's it's there was no reason for it to be there apart from um, they didn't want saints being celebrated like on their own. Interesting. And actually, the Netherlands they still celebrate. On, yes, on they the fifth yeah. and sixth. Yeah, yeah, and there's also it's really weird actually. So they also have rather would they have Saint Nicholas running around giving all the good kids their presents? That's where does that come in the whole. Because he was a very giving but guy. You, but you better watch out who's naughty and well, nice. Well, so. Okay. Um, in, <laughs> in like Alpine folklore um, and across uh, more Eastern European, St. Nicholas is running around giving all the presents, but then Krampus is also <gasps> running around. So Krampus is basically like a demon goat man with horns that is the son of the Nordic god Hell, right? Let's figure out who that is. Yeah. Um, and he uh, beats the children who are naughty with b- birch sticks and then puts them in his sack and takes them to the underworld. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I wonder what, how naughty are we talking? Like, 
are we talking like got a D on a spelling test or are we talking like... Are we talking like, sort of hand jobs under the desk? Oh, oh. Krampus isn't coming. <laughs> it wasn't a hand job, to be clear. It was above cloth. It Krampus was above doesn't give cloth. a shit about that. Oh, we all know what's aimed at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they do lots of, they do these... Um, like marches where everyone dresses up as these demons and oh. run around scaring all the kids. It's quite that's Halloween, isn't it? Yeah, that's very Halloween. It's very Halloween. So that's what on the 5th of December, watch out when you're travelling to, I don't know, Austria. Well, thank God we've, we've passed it. True. Next year? Yeah. So basically, the Netherlands was actually um, the main reason why Sinterklaas gets over to America um, mm. because of um, immigrants, European immigrants heading over there and spreading tales of this folklore very like Halloween mm. and um, I want to hear more about Father Christmas okay so yeah, now Father Christmas Father sort of like Christmas Father Christmas Daddy Christmas yeah it's Ooh. a great kind of exclamation isn't it so, Father Christmas this tea is hot we did that about something else yeah what was that Mary Celeste yeah. <laughs> Mary Celeste um, episode M so Father Christmas British and kind of scandy mm. so he comes from a, like a pagan figure um of kind of midwinter festivals pagan midwinter mm. festivals and he would actually represent the coming of spring so he was a kind of positive force Lovely. within these oh, midwinter festivals sort of hair bunny vibe <laughs> very hair but he gets very hair bunny don't hair bunny i love hair bunny episode oh. easter special yeah. <laughs> please um and he would wear a long green hooded cloak and he'd have a wreath of holly green. ivy or mistletoe yeah green interesting not the red no 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 no, no. just Ooh. you bloody wait um i smell a plot twist. i smell a pig in a blanket <laughs> um <laughs> he was so yeah he's there to like lift spirits have a good time um, and then when the Saxons invaded, um, they had a character called King Winter. Mm. So then he started being referred to as King Winter. So a lot of it's always being pulled into like other cultures and things mm-hmm. that are going on at the time. Sharing is caring. Um, and that was in the fifth and sixth centuries. So what's that? Four hundreds, five hundreds. Yeah. Um, and someone would dress up as King Winter and he'd be welcomed into people's homes and he'd be able to sit by the fire and eat and drink with them and have a lovely time, which is very much like, you know, leaving your little mince pie, yeah, mm. your little carrot and whiskey. But so you, the you, could, you could just dress up as King Winter and go around having thousands of drinks by the fire with all different families. Yeah, but everyone knew it wasn't like that someone was just dressing up. Yeah, but who gets, who chooses who gets to dress up? Maybe, lo- yeah, maybe loads of people did it. Good, good they, way to get lots of nice I guess free it's meals. Maybe the same as it is now to an extent. It's like, you know, it's a part time job. Well, <laughs> I don't see it working out so well now. Seasonal. What, going into people's houses? Someone dressed as Father Christmas isn't going to be being welcomed into myriad houses. No. I would say. But you yeah. still get a lot of people visiting. I, I guess if it was still socially acceptable, it'd be quite a popular thing. Yeah. People used to chat a lot more. Yeah, we've gone we've we've we get the spooks from each other a lot more now. Yeah. Right, so Yeah. Back to Father Christmas's timeline. Yeah. Can you remember what was happening? <laughs> he she was the four hundred winter. King, King winter. winter coming in and sitting by the fireplace. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um so that's where it was in the Saxons. And then when the Vikings invaded in about seven well, they invaded in seven hundred and ninety three. Um they brought Yultid. Uh, what does that sound like? Yuletide. Yuletide. Yes. Um, and basically, Yuletide was where um, King, King, <laughs> Mr. Odin, big the big dog, Zeus of the Vi- of the Nordic, the Norse gods, cries <laughs> my brain. Um, he takes on the character of Yule, um, and he visits Earth. Um, and he so he's quite he's old he's got a big beard he's a bit fat and he has a big blue cloak and he rides through the world on his eight-legged horse giving out gifts and punishments so for father christmas this was the first time where it was like he had this innate nature of working out who's been naughty or nice mm. it's um, weird it's weird the naughty nice thing i think it's but quite from good. odin it's it's not because he's a Viking god, yeah, I suppose so. and it's not about children. No, no, no. I know. No, I don't mean like I don't mean the weird is, is in like inappropriate. It's just. I think it's quite good. It's a way of keeping naughty children saying, in line. It's saying. I suppose so. You don't just get to have presents if you act like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I do agree with. But it just sort of sets you up right from the beginning, doesn't it, of being like... Like, order. Yeah, or like even like you're bad. You're innately bad. Well, did you get a lot of coal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's something else going on. head to toe coal. <laughs> I think it's all not right. Not again! Because it's not too serious, is it? No one's actually being like... You're not actually going to get any presents. Yeah, true. true, And you're not getting beaten with rods and taken to hell. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak for yourself. Well, yes. So that's that's the Vikings brought that in. So the picture is, you know, it's getting there. It's getting closer. We're we're getting more stuff that sounds a little bit more like Father Christmas to die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, but we still haven't got the red coming in. We've had just you wait for the red. No, I am waiting for the red. But it's the last bit. Okay. Um, so you've got one more page. Um, so then the Normans rocked up, um, and I think they brought in a harsher sort of Christian or a more universal Christian regime within like the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in the 15th century. There was a carol that referred to Lord Christmas, um, which was the first written instance of this sort of Christmas spirit. Um, and so from there on, he represents the spirit of Christmas. Is oh, what I've got my here, God. Which is just good cheer and benevolence, yada, yada, fun, fun, fun. In 1638, there was the first image, which was an illustration by Thomas Nabbs, um, which was an he was depicted as an old man with a furry coat and cap. So that's it's all mm-hmm. racing towards... And a lot of this is just people throwing their imaginations in at random points and they're just sticking, FYI. It gets even more like that. Um, Which is why you can't believe anything you read online. You bloody can't. And then, <laughs> I got all of this online. In 1644, the Puritans banned Christmas and <gasps> Father Christmas because they didn't like people like enjoying a pagan thing. Which is very sad. Yeah. Mm. So once it's been banned, Father Christmas, and this is the what I read of this fascinating article, goes underground. Um, and he becomes basically a character in plays and then these like illegal newspapers where people would talk about Christmas and what they missed about it Oh, and they would start talking about Father Christmas um, so again we're getting more like the references are getting wider and wider and wider and then it's actually the Victorians that revived Father Christmas of course they did they fucking love that kind of shit yeah, yeah. they do so when, when the Victorians brought Father Christmas back and that was as the spirit of Christmas he was a sort of it was again back to that like jolly pagan thing, figure finger in a long coat but the coat could be red blue green or brown at this point <laughs> so now Santa Claus and Father Christmas start to merge and they're coming to town yes yes they are <laughs> and in 1822 Clement Clark Moore wrote the famous poem was the night before Christmas. Oh. oh. Like a bowl full of jelly. Yes, exactly. Shake <laughs> my belly like, like a bowl, bowl of jelly. Of jelly. Um, right, so please. that's the first first uh, combination. Um, and that, so that was just him coming up with some shit, right, about what he thought this Father Christmas character was going to be like. And then in 1863, Thomas Nash, who was an illustrator, did annual cartoons for Harper's Bazaar and... Basically, he invented the concept of elves, the North Pole, and Mrs. Claus. I mean, he did these drawings of Father Christmas, which is basically where all of our modern day mm. iterations of Father Christmas, like it's the most similar. Oh, um, one man's head. Yeah, it's crazy. And then in 1931, there was the Coca-Cola Christmas advert, and that is when it was cemented oh. that he was in red. So it wasn't then that that decided he was in red, but it was that that made that, it, yes. that cemented it. So once, like, I, Thomas Nash, I think, was mainly drawing him in red. And I think once the Coca-Cola advert came out, it was basically like we've never really seen him in anything else yeah. since then. Um, which wow. is just crazy. Yeah. Also, towards the night before Christmas, he, in, not, I mean, he has a name, Clement Clark Moore, he came up with the reindeer thing. He oh. just came up with it. And he names them all there. Really? And guess who's not on that list? Rudolph. Rudolph. No, because you know how Rudolph came about? Yes, Coca-Cola. I do. No. It yes, because was... you did some research. <laughs> Cheat! It was the, a department store. Yes. 
that commissioned someone to do to to write the story of him to sell more things in the store. They were giving out a free coloring book that's um, based around the story of Rudolph and just to get more people coming in buying stuff. So it he's was really the, like a prototype for Colin the caterpillar. Effectively, yeah, kind of. You he's can't a eat capitalist him. symbol. He's a capitalist symbol, wow. exactly. And that was in the 1920s, and now he's the most the fam- Great Depression. He's the most famous reindeer, and it's unfair because. Dasher, Dancer and Prancer and Blitzen. Donna and Blitzen. Donna? Isn't Donna in there? Yeah, there is a Donna. Is there a Donna? There's yeah. a reindeer called Donna. Donna Sheridan, yeah. you shady lady. But I thought that was just a bit sad, really. Isn't but that classic? That, you know. I mean, yeah, that's very uh, eye-opening. And mm. um, I shan't sleep well tonight. I like the idea of Father Christmas in green with foliage around his head. Yeah, a bit more earthy. Yeah. Than like Big Boots Coca-Cola Boy. And like a big sack of shiny presents for brats. Yeah. <laughs> I like the red. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Green. I love green. Well, I can tell by your hat. Green. Yes, you're sporting both today. I love the red, but I like the idea of maybe maybe he could wear the red and he could pair it with some foliage. So we're getting a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. So okay. Foliage up here, red down here. And... Is it because of Twas the Night Before Christmas that he is always overweight? Um, that was coming in earlier. In fact, Odin, I think, started to bring in the chubbiness. It, and, and illustrations of him as um, the, the spirit of Christmas, the kind of jolly dude that comes into your house, were he was quite large. Yeah. Thank you. That was glorious. That was wonderful. My pleasure. Thanks for um, listening. And at home, too. And watching. Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Well, I suppose I ought to open my Christmas present. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yes. Should I? Thank you. That would be like a cute one. Look, this one, this one has your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, who could it be from? <laughs> Thank you. It says J, so I trust it is... Oh, she's quite weighty. Excuse me? Okay. <laughs> Hang on the holiday weight. <laughs> we got to see that first. <laughs> the first look. Oh. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, look, it's double wrapped. That's... Did you already wrap it? Father Christmas needn't have wrapped it again. Well, I guess he was just thinking there That's wouldn't be an opportunity very to sweet. wrap it on arrival. Oh, wow. Christ. Father Christmas. Father Christmas has outdone Went a little extra herself. <laughs> so you got extra presents. You wrapped it all nice. <laughs> And what Don't did you hold do? out for anything. <laughs> says Father Christmas. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just see what he's uh, what he's oh beautifully what, wrapped. What then. he's done? Because it might not be all that obvious. Oh, oh, it's a blank book. Alexander and the Hel- Hellenistic Empire. No. A. R. Burr. Is that ancient Mesopotamia? No, I wonder why. Why, why Father, it Father must, Christmas would have got must... you a book about? Alexander the Great. Oh! No. <laughs> I don't think that's a clue. A.R. Byrne, Alexander the Great. It, it, was this written by Father Christmas? No, that was just... Uh, in Father Christmas found what, the that, book? I think, in the book. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Alexander books. the Great, which must refer to an episode that we've covered. This is very uh, tenuous. When did we... I'm having a memory of Alexander the Great. Mm, the I don't think... I don't think Alexander the Great has come up. He has. He has. We were trying to guess in about the oldest king. Mm. For episode K, King. Wasn't he on a playing card? He fucking is. Is he? Yeah. And that is why you ch- well, Father that Christmas is why chose, Father Christmas chose Father it. Christmas. The thing is, Father Christmas chose this book because he suspected that there may be a mention of a certain part of the Middle East mentioned in it because Alexander the Great took Mesopotamia. <laughs> I said that as soon as she opened you it. You did, you did. You ignored it. I wanted it to figure it out. Oh, it was sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, I, could, I would have figured it out if someone hadn't bulldozed <laughs> into my <But> that, <laughs> I thought it was a free-for-all. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a beautiful book, Father Christmas. Thank you so but much. the thing is, there is not a single mention of the actual word in there, but in the back, <laughs> there is a map. Uh, and while Mesopotamia is isn't map. mentioned, you can see both the rivers, the Euphrates and the Tigris, which is... Uh, uh, 
Mesopotamia means between two rivers and it was the 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 land was defined by the two rivers that That's ran either side. Is of that it. what it, uh, she's we've very been clever, it, isn't she? She's very clever. What Father Christmas? Father yes, Christmas who is, is actually sorry, she, Father Christmas is a she as well. <laughs> Mother Christmas. <laughs> um she prefers father. I didn't realise that that was what Mesopotamia meant. And we've been saying it every episode. Well, anyway, uh, Father Christmas hopes that you enjoy brushing up on Alexander the Great. Well, has Father Christmas read this? No. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't have time. Too busy delivering presents. He's very busy. Thank you. This is this is wonderful. I feel very lucky. I'll pass that on to Father Christmas. The claws himself. Kitty got claws. Right. Um, I, for our Christmas special, I'm going to be talking about someone who is not red, <laughs> but green. <laughs> Kermit. Kermit the Frog. Oh, no. Toad of Toad Hall. Toad of Toad Hall. Mm-hmm. No. Um, well, I, I, I actually decided to go off. Having said this, I was going to say my favourite Christmas film, I think, is the... 2000 Ron Howard directed (laughs) (laughs) someone's been doing their research um, film The Grinch Who Stole Christmas oh it's wonderful it is wonderful which obviously as we all know stars who ladies Jim Jim Carrey exactly and that little girl who later went on to be in Gossip Girl oh Gina that's one of my that's one of my 12 facts (laughs) who's the dog Oh, I've oh, tell great, you great, who great, the dog great. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'll tell, I'll tell you. Yes, Cindy Lou Who is played by a six-year-old Taylor Momsen, oh, who goes on it. to be Jenny in Gossip Girl, who causes a bit of trouble. Little Which bitch. one's Jenny? Is she the little bitch? I haven't seen it. Dan's all. younger sister, right? In that Gossip one. Girl, yeah, with the, the guitar playing weird. Dad, he makes bolognese all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of hot. I think he's kind of hot. He's exactly the kind of man. What's he called like Derek or something? He's got Derek vibes. He could be a Daniel, but I've just realised that's because his son is a Dan. Okay, that was a side note. What I did want to talk about today was The Grinch. Um, because I do think it's really one of the fun, funniest films, actually, that I've watched. And I remember it making quite an impression of on me. I also think it's the most magical story yeah. of all the Christmas films. Side um, note for the audience just if you can hear something it sounds like quite an aggressive heartbeat in the background it's the uh, Christmas party happening out oh, in the Oh yeah yeah not our Christmas party mind no. you. Or our hearts. It could be our hearts. Perhaps they're growing two sizes. Is that a Grinch reference? Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Well I'll I'll do a quick recap of the story. You both you both know it. Yeah. yeah, but for anyone watching who hasn't, if you haven't seen it and you don't want it to be ruined, turn off now because I am just going to go through the story. Um, but it's your sort of classic misunderstood bad boy. That's what I think of when I think of the Grinch. <laughs> Sounds like you fancy him a little bit. Well, I mean, bad boy. He is, he is hot. He what? is hot. Yeah, he's sort of like majestic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> with his big he's green sort of like teeth. Majestic. <laughs> Well, what did you mean? I like that he's, you know, he doesn't care what anyone thinks. But he does. But he does, but I like that he pretends that he doesn't, you know? But that's the worst kind, pretending he's, not he's to care. He spooks me. I only seen it once and it was only about five years ago. But yes, so really, he just needed a bit of love and childlike wonder to make him into the Grinch that he was supposed to be. But it's set in Whoville as you probably both know. Um, and all the Who's are obsessed with Christmas and they are all getting really beside themselves in the run-up to Christmas. The only person who is not obsessed with the Christmas is the Grinch, who lives... Can you remember where he lives? Up on the mountain. But can you remember what the mountain's called? Mount... Claw... Close-ish? Clawhorn. <laughs> Krog. <laughs> Uh, it's eggnog. something that works very well at breakfast with a little bit of marmite and a little bit of butter. Toast. Toast. But not. Bread. No. no. It's got some holes in it. Soldier. Holy toast. Crumpet. <laughs> Mount Crumpet. Mount Crumpet. Holy toast. <laughs> um, yes, he lives up there in a cave uh, on Mount Crumpet with mm. his dog, Max. 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 <laughs> Max. Max. Um, I love Max. And he's a sort of mean-spirited 
green machine who hates Christmas. Absolutely fucking hates it. And in the meantime, we're introduced to Cindy Lou Who, played by Jenny from Gossip Girl. Um, so, yes, Cindy Lou Who is actually a bit peeved that everyone is focusing on the festivities too much. And she is a bit like she's at her wit's end with her mum and dad, really, who are just obsessed. So um, she's sort of trying to get everyone to get into the Christmas spirit a bit more, focus on their families, focus on their loved ones. She meets the Grinch. I can't remember quite why the Grinch is in the the post post office. office. yeah. Yeah, But he comes down from Mount Crumpet. He's in the post office and you think to yourself, Grinch? Sexy. (laughs) What, the Grinch in the post office? (laughs) (laughs) Jelly's unbuttoning her trousers. I'm unbuttoning my trousers and my shirt. And the Grinch is in the post office, meets Cindy Lou Who. We're thinking, uh-oh, recipe for disaster. Grumpy old Grinch, sweet little girl. He's going to post her all the way to hell. <laughs> but he actually ends up saving her because she falls in a... What are they called? Like a, like a shoot. A shoot, yes, thank you. Um, and that's sort of the first time we think, OK, this guy's not all bad. Maybe he's kind of hot. Maybe he's kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's some teeth in there worth saving. Um, then after that, I think that's sort of the thing that piques Cindy Lou's interest in him. And she's like, okay, well, everyone's... Because she's been told her whole life that you don't want to go up on Mount Crumpet and the Grinch is a bit of a bad guy. Anyway, yeah, Cindy Lou's in- interest is piqued, which I did want to say again because I thought it sounded good, uh, by her encounter with the Grinch and shes that's when you have the montage of her going around and asking everyone about him and what his background is and then you, it kind of all unravels that actually the Grinch was bullied really badly at school because he was green and because he looked different and then there's that whole scene where uh, by the, the mayor is a real asshole. the mayor of Whoville really perpetuates the kind of bully culture um, and yeah, he comes into he's he's tried to shave his face. Yeah, because he has because, a crush on the mayor's because wife. he has a crush on the mayor's wife, and everyone's laughing at him and saying that he's hairy. And then he comes in and he's like shaved really badly, and he's got little bits of blue paper stuck all over his face. Mm. And he makes her the he Beautiful makes her angel. the fires of love, um, makes her the angel, and ends up running out. He break that's this is that's the kind of montage scene of realising when he became bad because all the people at school were really horrible to him including the mayor and the mayor's wife and uh, that's when he becomes this kind of horrible guy anyway he ends up coming back into the town and he gets humiliated all over again by the townspeople and that's when he's like fuck this I'm going to ruin your Christmas he goes around stealing presents hoovering up all the trees Um, and Cindy Lou basically gets him to she goes and tells him that she thinks he's lovely really and not not all bad and gets him to give all the presents back and shows everyone that it's about it's not about the presents actually it's about love and being with the people that you love and being kind and then the Grinch's heart grows his his heart is two sizes or three sizes I'm looking at you because I feel like you no I can't remember I feel like two I think two. it's two sizes two sizes too small and that sounds awful. Well, that's part, that's why he's so mean. I see. And uh, it grows, and they all have a lovely time. So it's basically about not othering people, mm-hmm. not bullying people, being kind, and not focus on the material. It's a lovely antidote to the insanity of gift giving at Christmas. Yeah, mm. and it does make the Who's all look bananas. Like they're all. I mean, they look bananas anyway. Yeah. But we mustn't see. We're doing what they did to the Grinch. Oh. Oh, Isn't this a teaching moment? Yeah, Yeah, but they're being materialistic. Yeah, they are, so we can boo them. (laughs) Boo the who's. But there are some absolutely amazing lines in that film. I I do find it to be very funny. But And and I learnt some wild facts about it, which was that... Let me just find the Cosmopolitan article. It's a Cosmo article. <laughs> it's always a Cosmo article. They sounds like they've got a crush on him. Yeah. Um, what to do this Christmas if you realise you've got a raging <laughs> wide on for the Grinch? His big hairy Number green one. hands. Yeah. And the rest. <laughs> Run yourself a nice bath. Do you think he has a willy? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's hairy? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Be it's bloody big? weird and bloody. scary <laughs> if his willy wasn't hairy, look, given the rest of him. Imagine him whipping out a hairless cock. <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah. be... Um, yeah, good point. Because now I'm just thinking about Sonny's willy. Yeah, it would be kind of like a dog getting their dick out. Ew. Or not a like re- the Grinch's just, lipstick. Not on the lipstick. It's just, I was imagining if Sonny didn't have any hair on his willy. But yeah, I think he's got a dick. Grinch cock. Yeah. Come on. Okay. What's Cosmo saying about Cosmo it? says that Jack Nicholson and Eddie Murphy auditioned for the role. Oh, you can really see Jack Nicholson. Almost too scary, though. Yeah, but I- he can do, like, the face already. True. Although, although all of the faces that the Grinch makes is completely Jim Carrey. There's mm. no prosthetic bits involved in his face, as far as I believe. Apart from the little nose, tiny little nose. Yes, that's true. But all the all the expressions, sorry, are completely him. He is incredible. No one could have come close. I no. don't think so. Yeah. Although apparently, some things I read were that he wasn't particularly nice to to Gossip in Girl. particular. No, his makeup artist. But he had to. Oh, sorry if this is one of your facts. Go, please. Facts that he had to um, undertake hostage training. This is one of my facts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like a living hell being in that costume. Yeah. It takes three hours to put it on him every day. Well, I wish that you'd just done the Grinch. <laughs> the first round of makeup for the Grinch took eight and a half hours. And then after that, on average, it was three hours a day. You're exactly right. Gina and Jim Carrey had to have it done I think like a hundred times over the course Ooh. of filming so three hours of also a- what about Pack Down did that take ages as well I, I, I imagine so it's not really mentioned actually but, oh. but you're, you're quite right he, he described the costume and prosthetics as and I quote literally like being buried alive every day and was trained on how to cope with it by a man who teaches CIA operatives how to endure torture wow Ooh. Uh, at one point, it was so bad that he everyone thought he was going to quit because of the lenses in particular were really painful, and also the prosthetics had were being welded to his body. Oh, so it's quite intense. But um, he's acting. That is acting. Um, it's a privilege at the end of the day. W- another thing I learnt <laughs> was that the actors and extras who played the Who's in Whoville had to go to Who school <laughs> to learn the way that Who's behave and act through choreography. So there's quite a lot going into this film. Yeah. Um, the stunt coordinate, co- coordinator brought in trained acrobatics and circ- circus performers from Cirque du Soleil to make up the Who's in Whoville as well because their enthusiasm was so great and they were always willing to try something new, which is quite Who-like. Yeah, just the whole makeup vibe with it. All all of the extras also were in like ridiculously heavy makeup, um, and it was the film reportedly had the most extras in full costume and heavy makeup in over sixty years, taking the Whoa. title from 1939's The Wizard of Oz. I knew it was going to be that. Yeah, because I've heard hellish things about the lion suit. Oof. Oh wow, yeah, and the tin, the oh, tin man. Situations. Oh, that must have been terrible. Very very hot. Oh, God, and imagine, yeah, heavy, imagine getting an itch once you got into that tin suit. Why were you pointing towards your groin? Yeah, you were pointing right at your groin. Well, imagine getting an itchy groin once you got into your tin yeah, suit. Yeah, true. You're on camera now. You can't... You can't... <laughs> you best of us. Stop believing in itchy groins. <laughs> you best of us. Um, but yeah, itchy anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Groin no worse than armpits. Or for the, the groinch. Yes. He can itch. I don't imagine. No, because he's his, his how? Yeah. Big hands. That's the nightmare. Big hairy hands. Yeah. Yeah, and and also if you scratch too much, then you would take your makeup off. Yeah. But as soon as I was in it, I would be like, oh my God, I'm on fire. I need to itch mm-hmm. or I need to do all these things. It's like not, having an MRI. Yeah, not fun for an eczema sufferer, I'm sure. Oh, don't even get me started. I can't think of anything worse. They won an Academy Award, though, for Best Makeup and Hairstyling in 2000, so worth it. It was almost directed by Tim Burton, but in the end... Oh, apparently he had a conflict with Sleepy Hollow, so that's why Ron Howard got it, but I do think he was great at directing it. Yeah, I think I, I'm really pleased it wasn't Tim Burton, actually, because it would have been a little bit too Burton-y yeah. Yeah. if it had been him. True. And he then he would have, have had, a... like, Johnny Depp playing the Grinch, you know? Uh, 
<sighs> yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, which it would have been so quirky. With Johnny, yeah, her, her and a bottle of rum. Oh, the Sauvage. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> that that is still popping up on my 4OD or whatever it is. There's bloody posters of it everywhere. Yeah, clanging his silly little guitar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ah. Uh, just shows and then that a little wolf comes along. Yeah, what? Get it off. But he's just such a manly smelling man that the wolf, you know, he's not a threat. Um, I like this. Ron Howard was so grateful for Jim Carrey's patience that he came in at 3.30am one morning and put on the Grinch suit and full makeup to sort of be there in solidarity with him. Um, just the once, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, just, just the, the once. once. I, I am, knew you yeah. were going to say that. I mean, nice gesture, but it's a little bit... I'm sensing Ron did that so that AS4 podcast would you know, mention it. Yeah. yeah. 20, 100%. 23 20. years later. Yeah. Golly. That's crazy. Um, the Grinch suit is covered in yak hair. That's where all the hair comes from, which was dyed green and sewn onto a spandex suit. This one's really funny. The Whoville set was built mostly on the back lot of Universal Studios behind the Bates Motel. And Jim Carrey apparently ran out in full costume and a fake knife one day to scare tourists. They had no idea it was him. Is that the Bates Motel Absolutely set unhinged. from... Psycho. I think so. This is so. So many of the lines were improvised by Jim Carrey. Most, like most of your favourite lines, probably were, were improvised. And one of my favourite lines, which was six thirty p.m. dinner with me. Well, I can't cancel that again. Was it completely improvised? And apparently, most of that scene was improvised as well. He's the best. He is very, yeah. very good. Um, you wouldn't good, get that funny. with Johnny Depp. No. Marika, or Jack Nicholson. Or, or Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. You asked about Max. Yes. Max was originally going to be CGI, but was instead <gasps> played by a female dog called Kelly. Oh, good on Kelly. Kelly, good girl. Kelly. She's a very good girl. And oh, thank God it wasn't CGI, especially in those days. Yeah, yeah it would have been shocking. No wonder the shocking. film hasn't aged badly. There's no CGI dog to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> the Grinch's accent is based on Sean Connery. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and in that scene where he pulls the sheet off the table, uh, all the silverware and crockery was was scripted to fall off, but Jim Carrey pulled the sheet off so well that none, nothing fell off. And then that's when he goes back to the table and pushes it over. Oh, so that whole scene was fabulous as well. Yeah. Um, so he's just an absolute natural. Yes, but I think maybe quite a tricky man to work with. You know what? That's what they say about talented people. Well, that's what that's, check out. That's what Will says about us. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I well, I wasn't there, so I didn't have to put up with it. But I think that they all, it's good that they all put up with it because we wouldn't have got what we got. No, that's if true. They hadn't. But if it comes out in like ten years that Jim Carrey was a major bully on set, we'll all be saying, "What a cunt." <laughs> <laughs> what a cunt. I mean, it sounds like you have just said that. No, no. I, I, the only thing I read was that he could be really difficult with the makeup artist. What do you mean by difficult? I think just like quite rude and quite mean. But I'd imagine that probably came from the fact that he was frustrated with having to wear so much makeup every day. Yeah. That next door um, party is really kicking off. How's yeah. everyone feeling? Does anyone? I want leave? more crisp. Have some crisp. It's still giving <laughs> neck brace. I'm moving a the little bit. I'm going to try a little bit, a little bit loosey goosey. I'm trying to sit up straight because I know we're on camera. Jeez. But and do I draws. look a bit neck brace? No. <laughs> I don't Not know at if all. We... Well, I'd like to open my present. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you Father must. Christmas got you some tat. I thought I knew what this was until I picked did it you up. Think did it you think cheese? it was cheese? Yeah. I no. did too. And I could have given it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh, we've reached some white. <laughs> you have to guess what the thing is. Though. Oh, just there's more in there. Just the hobby that I what is it had been planning to take up in 2024. A snorn twisty worm. <laughs> <laughs> Show the camera. And a finger skateboard. Now. No, oh, I remember this about. Let me, I remember talking about finger skateboards. We also talked about the story twisty worms. I'm pretty sure. It's not a twisty worm. Well, we talked worm. about worms, earthworms. No, but it's not that. 
Is this something to do Those with two trends? Fads. Oh! Very good, Marie. Yeah, very, very no, good. Father, Father Christmas. So what is this thing? Do you not remember those? I'm pretty sure oh. I spoke about these maybe on fads. Well, I love it. Thank you, Father Christmas. I picked the colour as well. I mean, yeah, Christmas thank you, Father Christmas. <laughs> Actually oh. quite handy for cleaning test tubes. I, think, <laughs> I did not think that was what you were going to say. And the anus. Um, and <laughs> the this, test tube of the lower intestine. The fun of this say. one speaks for itself, I think, yeah. and I will enjoy that in my own time. Would like to see some videos. That will also be going. We'll send them in up your anus <laughs> and other places. And on that note, um, what else has been up there? Your anus. Well, how does everyone feel about Brussels sprouts and the anus? Actually, Actually I feel like that would be fine. Oh, okay. That wasn't really my question, but I'm glad that we've established that you wouldn't mind putting a Brussels sprout. Well, up out of everything on the planet that you could put up your ass, I think a Brussels sprout is probably <laughs> fairly okay. Small, yeah, out of everything on the planet, but that out you could of put up your ass. Other food stuffs. I don't know. Better than a melon. Yeah, <laughs> much better than a melon, and worse than a pea. Yes, better than anything with sort of hard edges. Or yeah, prongs. A cracker. Also depends if it was cooked or uncooked. Quite True. sort of squeaky uncooked. Anyway, this isn't what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> do you like Brussels sprouts? I, I do. love them. Yeah, I've got no problem with them. They're my favourite bit of the Christmas meal. And do you eat them... Um, Yes. Throughout, throughout. <laughs> no, I put them on my arse Christmas meal, stepping up from the table, bending over in front of the family and inserting a Brussels sprout. Christmas on Christmas morning. the same without them. Quick sip of champers and up it goes. <laughs> so you like them and do you eat them throughout the year or are they a Christmas special? Seasonal. Seasonal. I, I eat them in the winter. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Britons eat more Brussels sprouts than any other nation in Europe. Our sprout industry is worth £650 million. Pounds, wow! And the area covered by sprout fields in the UK is equivalent to 3,240 football pitches. That is a lot more than I would have thought the sprout industry would be worth. Same. But there is a very good reason that it's such a big industry here, and it's because our climate is just perfect for growing them in. Okay. So... So as the planet gets worse, we're going to be eating more and more Brussels sprouts. Well, maybe, but if the planet continues to get worse and climate continues to change, oh, it's going to be too hot. Outsource us. We're not going to be so good at growing sprouts. But that's pretty much the only thing we grow here. Oh, yeah. Well, some other things too. Potatoes. Okay. 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 You know, beetroots. Uh, Peas. Apples. Oh, here she goes. Here she bloody goes on her apples again. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a perfect climate for growing them. Um, Their name, as you might guess, comes from Brussels, Belgium, Mm. because that's where in the 13th century they were kind of first known to be grown on a proper scale apparently there was a um a forerunner to the modern sprout that may have been grown in ancient rome but sprouts as we know them today brussels sprouts are thus named because um they were grown in uh oh yeah they 13th are. century flanders they're brussels sprouts aren't they yeah not brussels sprouts mm. yeah yeah brussels. sprouts from brussels yeah yeah lovely as opposed to a brussel on flanders fields you say uh, yeah flanders very very sad um, but in terms of where they originate from, they come from the brassica family, which um, is which wild so wild cabbages, and, and within that family we've got um, we've got uh, kale, Brock. broccoli, um, rock, broccoli, oh broccoli, brock, brock, crock, rock, rocks. No, we've got broccoli, Crocs. broccoli, kale, cauliflower, mm. kohlrabi, which I wouldn't... Kohlrabi! That's exactly <laughs> what was going through my head as well. I would not have expected... Um, no, sorry, they all come from the same species. This is Brassica oleracea. And Brassica oleracea is, uh, is from the family Brassica. And this uh, is native to coastal, southern and west... 
Western Europe. So it's the Mediterranean and it would grow on cliffs and probably does still grow in its uncultivated form on cliffs. So it likes that kind of sea air. Mm. There's there's minerals Mm -hmm. that you're getting in those regions. Okay, but then we start to (laughs) domesticate it. And from from that, we get all of these different veggies that we know and love, one of which being Brussels sprouts. So, yeah, they only widely became available in Britain towards the end of the late 1800s. Because I was thinking, great, Brussels sprouts, but why Christmas? <laughs> why why Christmas? What's what's it got to do with yeah. Christmas? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There isn't really a cool glam answer besides seasonality. They grow very well in this country, as I've mentioned, for climate reasons. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, heard that one. So actually what I should add is that due to the climate here, they grow really well. Um, but it's around the ti- same oh, time... The hat's coming on. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. It's very exciting. I think that Bailey's espresso creme's just hit. Yeah. Oh, dear. So... Uh, late 1800s. <laughs> it's just got it on. <laughs> it's my hat exactly on. the same position. That, that's perfect. Okay? Yeah, that's yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah, lovely. So the same time Brussels sprouts become a fixture on the Christmas dinner plate is the same time that the roast dinner is really taking off in the UK as an idea. And besides that, the combination of roast dinners becoming a big thing and the fact that they're in season at Christmas time, there isn't. there's not a kind of more mystical or... or celebratory reason that we put Brussels sprouts on our Christmas dinner plate. Mm. So, there you go. Make of that what you will. Um, But, I came up with a theory. Well, it's not not really a theory, it's more an observation that I'm quite pleased with, which links them to Christmas. So, and I've scoured the internet to check if I'm the first person to notice this. And I think I might be. So you are well, hearing wow. this. Wow. This is very exciting. You are hearing Wait. this for the first time right here, right now. Was it that they grew quite well in this country? Because it's so fine. Actually, the climate here is just perfect <laughs> for Brussels sprouts. No. What it is, is, so I've mentioned they come from the Brassica, Brassicaceae mm-hmm. family. And the other name for this family is Cruciferi. <gasps> Cruciferous vegetables. You've probably heard this word before. Cruciferous means cross-bearing. And this is because the shape of these vegetables, um, they, they have four petals resembling a cross. Who else was cross-bearing, ladies? Jesus! Jesus Christ. So, also, aren't you meant to cut them? Sorry. Cut, you're meant to, when you cut them to boil them, you're meant to cut across in their bottom. Don't do well, that. that is very, very disputed. But can we just have a moment oh, of recognition soggy. and really? acknowledgement? <laughs> Sorry, yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Very That's groundbreaking. Yeah, that is... Groundbreaking observation. So, but, yes. But what? No, please, I welcome criticism. Just by that logic, then surely could it not have been any other cruciferous vegetable? It could. Yeah. But it wasn't. (laughs) But it doesn't matter, even if it had been. We've got a cruciferous (laughs) vegetable on the Christmas dinner plate. Yes, true, true. So, yay. Thank you. Okay. So, very clever. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, well done, Gina. Thank you. By the way, when I was checking the internet to see if anyone else has. What were you, what did you Google? I just put I just put Brussels sprout cruciferous Jesus Christ. Okay. Link. And, and nothing came up. Nothing came up apart from a beautiful news item on the Mirror online about a woman who was prepping her Brussels sprouts a few years ago at Christmas and she found the face of Jesus Christ on the base of one of the Brussels sprouts. I quote the mum of two was stunned to spot Christ's <laughs> likeness on the brassica's bottom, including eyes, nose and mouth, complete with trademark flowing locks. And she said, when I saw the face, I shouted to the kids, look, I don't know if it's Johnny Depp or Jesus. Oh, an so, easy mistake to make. So Savage. actually, it can't have been that detailed a picture, can it? Yeah. And actually, I saw the picture it really didn't look like either, either Johnny Depp <laughs> or Jesus, but God, that must happen a lot. Um, but you raised <laughs> what people seeing Jesus in their face. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah, I thought you meant Johnny Depp one. and Jesus getting confused. Have you seen the toast one? Oh no, yes, yes I have seen that. That was toast. quite good. Yeah, that was quite good. So, 
Um, oh, I should be handing out these stickers because I accidentally printed my notes on sticker paper. So as I go, please Thanks. do take a sticker. Okay. Jelly, one for you. Please, thank you so much. Oh, that's lovely. There you go. Um, oh, I got what else was cross-bearing? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and now you'll remember that and you'll tell everyone on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the... Uh, the, the the issue of whether to score or not score yeah. the base of the Brussels sprout. And Marika here has said, don't do that, it'll make them soggy. Yeah. I think most culinary f- sort of experts will agree with you and say, it's pointless. Um, <laughs> What's the point of it? Well, make them cook to make more them cook quicker. So some people, the reason people do it in this country, I think, is mostly because they think when you're boiling them, specifically on boiling them, if you're going to stir-fry them, obviously you don't need to do that because if you're stir-frying them, you're probably halving them first. Mm. If you're roasting them, again, you might be halving them or you might leave them whole, but I think it's specifically in the boiling, you want the heat to get to the centre as quickly as possible. But really, it's just all a load of rubbish. Um, You don't need to score them. But apparently, in... uh, it may have something to do with superstition because in medieval times it was believed that evil spirits and demons lived between the leaves of the vegetable and that they would enter anyone who ate them making oh. them ill so a cross cut into the base of the sprouts was a, was a way of driving the evil spirits away oh well now you're going to start scoring yours yeah maybe scoring them out of what 10 out of 10 every time baby girl <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but if you do do that you will you know, the, the, apparently a spokesperson for the for the Brassica Growers Association claimed it ruins the vegetable. Wow. Um, so, I think I've... Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, I've lost my hat. I worry that I've been scoring. Oh, dear. It's the kind me. of thing that when you're a child, your mum's like, why don't you score the Brussels sprouts? Yeah, to help. It's yeah. a good random job, Christmas job. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything, but makes you feel like you're doing something. Yeah. So... But not only are you going to overcook them, by overcooking them, you're going to ruin Christmas. bleach them of their wonderful um, nutritional benefits. Okay. Well, and I there are a heck of a lot in I Brussels sprouts. I shan't be scoring them this year. Mm-mm. Do you want to know how good they are for you? Yes. yes. Okay. So, an 80-gram serving of Brussels sprouts contains more vitamin C than an orange. And that, help in, uh, that happens. To, <laughs> <laughs> this helps to strengthen the immune system, repair tissue damage and promote iron absorption. And they're also an excellent source of folic acid and beta carotene. But the most important thing to note is <laughs> we may all know, and I hope we do, that gr- the greener the vegetable, the better it is for you. So when you're prepping your Brussels sprouts, don't peel off too many of those outer leaves because that's where the greenest parts are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just leave them on unless you're seeing little bits, signs of disease. Cut out the bits of disease, but leave those greens where they are. Okay. <laughs> Largely. Anyone want another sticker? Yeah. Have another one there. Thank you. I'd love one, please. Okay. Christmas. Yep. There you go. Thank you. Good job, girls. Oh, if it's Johnny Depp or Jesus, it says on mine. You, you, you probably know that they're a little bit of a contentious number yeah. on the Christmas dinner plate because a lot of people don't really like them. And I wonder why that is. Well! Oh, scary. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very good reason for it. There's a gene and it's got a very catchy name. T-A-S-2-R-3-8. <laughs> is this like the coriander gene? It's something like that, I think. So it's a protein that interlocks with a chemical called PTC, which is... Uh, phenylthiocarbamide mm. and this gives the taste sensation of bitterness so while that PTC isn't usually found in the human diet it's very similar to chemicals that are found in brassicas such as brussels sprouts and cabbages and because of this scientists suggest that the ability to taste or not taste PTC might explain why some people hate sprouts and some people love them so you know, next time you're near a child who's turning their nose up at Brussels sprouts, spare a thought for that gene. Yeah. But also, I would suggest it's probably a lot to do with how they're being cooked. Because I think yeah. people don't like Brussels sprouts because they associate them with this mushy bullet. Farty. farty yeah, farty. Farty capsule. You stick enough butter and salt on anything, it's delicious. Yeah. Exactly. And if you fry them no, or you roast them, fry. get yeah. them a little bit crispy. 
I guess what Brussels sprouts do is they they are a condensed version of all the fartiness. If you cook them in the wrong way, yeah, they can be very farty. And look, look, a sprout. A sprout. We have little chocolate sprouts. Um, one of my favourite facts about Brussels sprouts that I learnt recently is that they during um, if temperature goes below freezing, they release a natural antifreeze inside them that protects them against frost and that antifreeze is formed of sugars so that is why brussels sprouts taste sweeter after a frost oh now i think the last thing i wanted to tell you about my brussels sprouts (laughs) i'm gonna chuck my notes away again (laughs) stickers stickers for all is about the machine that harvests them yeah this is so great i think when we post this episode i'm gonna paste the link to a video of the Brussels sprout harvesting machine because it's worth a watch. Oh, yeah. But I'll do my best to describe it to you. So how would you think Brussels sprouts are harvested? If you had to guess. Something that... Oh, well, because they're on those stalks. Yeah, yeah, like a sort of... And then a sort of... Okay. I'm thinking like a... So what you got <laughs> is a... Um, Imagine a truck yeah. uh-huh. that has a... Uh, the front of the truck has three seats which are f- sideways facing onto the, onto the field. And you've got three men sitting on the seats at the front of this truck as it moves through the field. At the base of the truck... You, are, I've never seen you look this excited as when telling us about excited. this. <laughs> at the base of the truck, you've got kind of scissors or blades. They snip the base of the stalk. The men sitting on the chairs, or women then pick up the stalk of Brussels sprouts. They feed it into... <laughs> my hat's coming up. <laughs> they feed it into a hole in the truck, which then has a blade system of own of its own, cuts the buds off the stalk, or sends all of the buds, which are the sprouts that we eat, into one place, then shreds the stalk, chucks the stalk out of the back of the truck, which then gets ploughed back into the field. Lovely. Sorts out all of the buds into the right sizes... And that's how we get our sprouts. Wow, that's that sounds, amazing. That and sounds satisfying. And then all of the shit that goes out the other end, so much nitrogen in sprouts that when it's ploughed back into the field, you've got all the nitrogen you need to grow, things like barley. So it's a beautiful cycle. Wow, that is lovely. And that is really uh, all the information I have on sprouts. That's lovely information yeah, on sprouts. Yeah, I very much enjoyed that. What's the form for both of your Christmas dinners this year? Do you do it what, at lunch or do you do it in the evening? Ooh, five, about 4 or 5 p.m. Yeah, same. Do you? But, yeah. Or sometimes 6, depending on Very much father, the same. Yeah, and his levels of stress. Yeah, same. What about you, Jenny? Well, sometimes we do a lunch and sometimes we do it at dinner, but I imagine more often than not we do it at lunch. A sort of 1 p.m. That's oh, like amazing. a proper lunch. I yeah. just can't imagine how people pull it all together in time. Yeah. It's nice, though, because you're not hammered. Oh, it's a really exhausting day. It is a very, in a very unique way. It's not actually taxing, but I think the kind of the or fact day that, drinking, the fact that it's like entirely there for supposedly for relaxing, is in itself a kind of stress factor. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's relaxing. Christmas Day. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, one and all. Merry, I suppose. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.